Welcome back to the second episode of the Niners Nation podcast, a.k.a. Scarlet Jimmy's. And we are only going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo today. I have a special guest here, Seth Galena. Seth, what's going on, man? Oh, what's going on, man? Seth, tell the people your background. And so I, for those that don't know, the reason that we're doing this, obviously, is because Jimmy Garoppolo struggled. You know this against the Broncos. Everybody's seen it. We're going to go a little in-depth on that. We're going to go over just his five throws because one of those throws was just a screen pass. We're going to talk a little bit about his mechanics. Uh, we're going to talk about is there anything to worry about and just what some of what Seth has seen in the past as well. So, Seth, floor is yours real quick just to tell us what you do and you know what you do uh, quarterback-wise and take it, take it from there. Uh, yeah, so I'm a quarterback coach in, uh, in Canada. And uh, actually, last year I coached linebackers at a university here. Um, I'm not a linebacker coach, uh, and I'm sure the linebackers on the team felt that pretty quickly. I'm a quarterback <laughs> coach, and I write about um, football for a bunch of different websites, and I do like quarterback breakdowns on Twitter and stuff, and I've watched, um, you know, I'm just trying to watch as much you know, all 22 of quarterbacks as I can. So. Yeah, and you guys can find uh, Seth. What's your uh, Twitter handle? At Seth Galina, so S-E-T-H-G-A-L-I-N-A. Yeah, and he is constantly talking about quarterbacks. And if you're into that, if you're into just learning more about the quarterback position, he's a good follow, so check him out. But let's let's kind of get into it. So we will just go down each throw, like I mentioned. We're going to – I'll talk about, you know, what – the Niners were doing in that. And then we're going to talk about just some of the J- Jimmy's decision-making and the result and the process, a little bit of everything. So uh, first, the very first throw, uh, the Niners, and by the way, you guys probably don't know this, but I am a Kyle Shanahan stand, And there are a lot of parts during these five throws that were obviously not Garoppolo's fault. There were plenty that were his fault. The play calling was not his fault at all, and I'm sure that Seth would agree with that. So, all right, started off here. Very first throw, um, 49ers are coming out in a – let me see what it was here. So they are in an empty formation, which is great. And Denver is in a in man coverage, so there's one safety deep, and they have another safety – who is basically playing a robber, quote-unquote robber, and he's going to take away any crossing routes over the middle of the field. And the the 49ers get a great matchup. So they have Dante Pettis and Von Miller one-on-one. It was – I mean, it, it is exactly how you draw it up, and it, it actually works out perfectly. Dante gets open, but Garoppolo ends up having his – the pass tipped. So um, – Again, and you and you're, you guys already know this, but uh, Kyle Shanahan, big on motion. So he motions out Tevin Coleman, so it's empty. So to the bottom of the screen, yeah, you have um, two tight ends – or sorry, Ross Dwelly and Kyle Juszczyk. So to the top of the screen, you have Marquis Gooden, Dante Pettis. And Seth, I don't know if you recall the play. Um, do you? Uh, I'm, I'm recalling it currently by watching it on my computer. <laughs> so, yeah, so – um, Pettis shakes Vaughn Miller at the line of scrimmage, gets open, uh, passes tipped. And we were talking a little bit about, you know, mechanics at all. And 
Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he doesn't really step into his throws, but Seth, if you want to explain why that is, that is, um, that is what they're teaching these days. Go ahead. Yeah, so this is kind of the new thing that's being taught at the lower levels, and, and it's kind of infiltrated uh, some of the higher level people, and Garoppolo is one of those guys where we're not really teaching a big follow-through. I guess, and and people who have watched Garoppolo will see that there's he just kind of throws it from from almost a standstill, what what, it, what looks like a standstill, and what he's really doing is, you know, so he's a uh, he's a righty, uh, so what he's doing is all he's doing is that left foot, you know, we used to talk about okay we we got to step to our target, that's not really a thing. We're actually aiming um, our throw with our back foot. Uh, like kind of like the you know they call it like the midpoint of your of your foot kind of aims it as it's kind of open and facing the the field. So all he's doing is stepping with that left foot up and down. Like it's really just get it off the air and sorry get it off the ground and get it back in the ground, so that now his hips can begin to rotate. But what we're kind of teaching now is that we don't want a, a super huge rotation. Because then we get off balance. You know, it's hard to control your body if you're just, you know, giving it everything from the back leg and throwing your body forward. We're going to end up, you know, leaning heavily. You know, as a righty, you're going to end up leaning heavily to your left. And then your arm is going to get out of whack and you end up with, with inaccuracy. So what Garoppolo does, he puts it in an up and down. All he's doing is firing his hips as fast as possible and then stopping them. And what that does is it creates kind of a whip type of uh, situation where now the rest of his body is playing catch-up with his hips. The hips go, and then the rib cage goes, and then the shoulder and the arm go. And it creates such a whipping tension that we don't need to kind of overcompensate by putting a lot of weight into it. We can get all the, all the momentum we need with just um, you know, that kind of quick movement with the hips. And that's what he does. And, and there's not a lot of guys who are doing it. You know, Matt Ryan does it. Brady does it. And that's maybe where you learned it from. Uh, but it is kind of the teaching. And, and, I, and I think in 10 to 15 years, when the little kids start playing that are, that are learning it now at a young age, get to the NFL, you're going to see most quarterbacks do that. So, so I don't think, like, you know, the, the mechanics are really, really on point for Garoppolo. He just, he just can't get the ball to the receiver. <laughs> and yeah, so the very first throw, it's tipped by the nose, uh, the nose tackle, who is not even rushing really. And just to touch on Seth's point real quick, that is just to speed up the process. And everybody knows he has one of the quickest releases in the NFL. So this is just to become even more efficient. And that you saw in a couple throws where the result didn't end up exactly how he wanted to, but he just doesn't need as much space to operate when he just when he is only lifting that front foot up and down but first first play batted down how much of how much do we put on the quarterbacks for batted passes how much of that is you know bad eyes where he has to look off and how much is that just bad luck i want to believe it's bad luck but i've been told um that maybe this is something that happens to jimmy g a lot and it's been happening a lot in the training camp so so maybe it's a Jimmy G thing, and I don't want to believe that because it just seems like a like so random. Like there's no reason. Like in this first play, is there any reason for that? For the 
um, you know, the nose or whoever it is to not rush. Like, yeah, okay, he's he's he sees kind of Garoppolo's eyes and he knows it's a quick pass, but at the same time, like, you know, in in you know, a hundred million different universes, he's rushing. The window's open. He throws a completion to Pettis. So I kind of want to believe it's random, but I, I'm not sure. And the only reason for this specific example, I don't think that it's random, is because he's just staring him down the entire yeah. time. So like, yeah, it's that, tough. that's always a possibility for sure. And this All is right. a good play. Like you talk about Shanahan. Like this is this is you know kind of the NFL's uh, staple um, empty play. And so if you want to, if, you know, the, the Saints run this all the time to Kamara or Michael Thomas on the, on the backside of the empty formation, and it's there all the time for Breeze. And one of the things he does that, the, that I don't think Garoppolo is doing, and I'll have to rewatch it as I'm talking, but one of the things he does, so what he's doing, the, the, to the three-receiver side, there's what's called the stick concept. Yeah. And to the backside, the two receivers where he ends up throwing a Pettis, there's uh, a choice route. Or, you know, what I call the weak side option route. So Pettis can either go in, out, or he can just sit down if it's zoned. And in this case, he chooses to go in because Von Miller uh, plays, allows him to go in. But because he's going inside and with the coverage that the uh, Broncos are playing, there's one player that can make a play. And it's that middle linebacker who you said is robbing those routes that are coming inside. So when you see Breeze run this exact same play, he's always, always has his eyes on that player. And, you know, he knows he's going to go to Kamara. He knows he's going to go to Michael Thomas because those guys are always going to win their routes. And usually it's against a linebacker. But he has to make sure that Mike Player stays to the three-receiver side. And if you watch the play with Garoppolo, he opens his eyes straight to the uh, two-receiver side. And it's not the Mike who gets in the way, but like you said, it's the defensive tackle who is just sitting there who is never fooled by anything. And, yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought up the breeze. Um, the breeze. And for, what, uh, for those that don't know, the stick concept – so to the bottom of the screen and the very first play, uh, Juice Check is just – he's going to run off. He's just going to run deep. Uh, Tevin Coleman is the next guy. He's just going to run like a four or five yard out. And then the tight end, Dwelly, he's actually going to run the stick route. And he actually runs the stick nod. So he's going to run six yards, act like he's going out, and then pivot back up the field like a double move, like an out and up. And it's what I was going to ask, Seth, Bree, does Breeze – and I know exactly what you're talking about when he he throws to Thomas Quick. Does he hold the the middle backer? Does he hold them going to the left and then comes back quick, knowing that Thomas is going to win? Is that a thing? Uh, he'll do it to either side. You know, he, and he'll change his drop back depending on whether he's opening to his left or opening to his right because he's two reads and he's the best quarterback to ever play. But um, <laughs> but yeah, and then he. He's a, he, he kind of waits on it sometimes. Like, this is a good – you know, Pettis knows that when Vaughn Miller is lined up in front of him, he doesn't have to make a big-time move, right? He can yeah. just go, you know, one, two, three, bang, hit it on the slant. Usually that, that hasn't happened. This is, you know, incredible that they get Vaughn Miller lined up with Dante Pettis. 
but that didn't, that doesn't happen in the regular season a lot to the Saints. Like, there's at least a will linebacker, like a true like kind of coverage linebacker, um, playing on either Kamara or Michael Thomas. And when it's Michael Thomas, it's usually a corner. It's mad coverage or something. So he, he so Breeze actually has to wait on it a little bit more while his his slot receiver makes a move. And in this case, he he doesn't have to wait on anything because Pettis is, is in the open field right away. Like, there's no point in making a move on, on Von Miller when you can just use your quickness to, to, to beat him inside. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if in the meeting today, if Shanahan told him, just glance somewhere, literally anywhere yeah, else. that's it, man. Just look at, the look, at, look at the inside shoulder of the mic. Yep. Get him to just open up a bit. And like you said, it's not the mic who, who makes the play because, you know, if the ball isn't tipped, uh, it's a completion. But it, it would, that movement, that those eyes would have actually probably held the defensive tackle who makes the play. And we can move on after this. The crazy thing is that if that ball is not tipped, that robber actually falls down. Yeah. And Denver's in man coverage, and Pettis is probably still running right now. It is just everything happened so perfectly on that play. It just happened to be tipped. All right, so next play, third and six. This was the interception. So the uh, 49ers are in 11 personnel, so they have Goodwin to the bottom of the screen. Jordan Matthews is the slot receiver. They have Breed in the backfield. And then to the top of the screen, they have Pettis. And they have uh, Dwelly is the inline tight end. So the concept is, and it's so it's wide trade. So they're going to they're gonna motion the tight end from one side to the other. They are, so Shannon calls this smack seam. It's, not, it's just like a China concept. So Marquise Goodwin outside is going to run a curl route. Um, Jordan Matthews is going to run a slant. And Brita, who I think is at fault for a lot of this, so he's supposed to run the seam route. He gets too wide and carries his route right to Goodwin. I really don't think he's supposed to do that. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. but Yeah, I'm watching now. I don't, I don't think he should be that wide. Though I don't know, I don't know how much it, it affects um, the corner who ends up making the play. But right, I, I, and I, agree, I definitely agree with you, though. Yeah, and and that's true, and I'm not, and I'm definitely not um, absolving Garoppolo of this because the decision was poor, and, and they had some miscommunication up front as well. So uh, Bradley Chubb, uh, he hits Staley with an inside move, and Staley just lets him run free, and they ran a little game. Uh, the defensive line ran a little game, and the Lakin Tomlinson, who's a left guard, chases the D tackle, and Chubb comes free. Garoppolo. Throws off his back foot, throws the ball essentially right into the hands of the cornerback, and Goodwin is not able to fight for it. Or he actually tries to tries to make a play on the pass, but the pass is so far inside that he can't you know he can't do anything about it. And again, that's why I feel like yeah, I don't know why Brita is running his route so wide. I'm sure I feel like he had to get chewed out. But I mean, if we're talking about Garoppolo. We're talking about the decision making. And on the conference call today, Shanahan said he got a chance to watch it. And he said that uh, that's just one that Garoppolo has to eat. And by eat, I mean just take a sack. He also said something interesting, especially considering um, just considering the fact that there was pressure right away. 
Shanahan said that Garoppolo throw the, threw the pass too early, which was something that I definitely wouldn't have considered. But and maybe that goes back to the uh, to the pocket movement. But what what do you see in this play in Garoppolo? Well, you know, does it remind you of the interception that he throws to uh, I forget who uh, in Minnesota to start last year? Oh wow, the pick six. Yeah. And it's the same idea where it's like he's getting pressure in his face and he want, and he's throwing the right route, I believe. Yes, Especially I agree. because, like, with pressure, like, yeah, okay, you can throw Brita because he's one-on-one with, versus a player that's, you know, down the field versus a player that's not as athletic as him. So you could just throw it down the field, but with the pressure, that would be a tough ball to get off. So, like, he's throwing the little, you know, little curl route, little hitch route, whatever you want to call it, but he just throws it so far inside. And it's exactly what happened in Minnesota last year where, okay, he's getting pressured. Uh, you know, he gets a free rusher off the edge in the Minnesota game. He has a he has a hitch route on the outside, and he throws it right to the corner, who was honestly about to come off the route in Minnesota. Uh, you know, I don't forget who the receiver was uh, in Minnesota, but that corner is about to come off the route. Instead, Garoppolo throws it so far inside that it goes right to the corner and returns it for a touchdown. And this is kind of the same thing where all of a sudden he's pressured. And obviously there's no quarterback who is amazing with pressure in his face. Right, right. But, you know, that ball already should be going outside shoulder. Instead, it's inside shoulder, and it's bad, and it's early. You know, if that's the case, you know, like what Shanahan said, then then you're, you're in trouble, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's a good point just as far as – the ball is going to the right person. So you have a free rusher, or not free, but he's unblocked, we'll just call him. And you have a hot route, right? And knowing that Goodwin is – would you agree that Goodwin's probably the hot player in this route concept? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, they have a little slant by – Yeah. Was that 81 or something? Yeah, Jordan Matthews takes nine years to get open. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's a Jordan Matthews problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think it goes to the right receiver. You could probably argue that there's a there is. See, the thing is with pressure that's funny is and and hot routes. In this case, it's not a pressure from a linebacker. I mean, it's a four man rush. So you you, right. you wouldn't necessarily like yeah okay I could say that Jordan Matthews on a slant is is a possibility, but you wouldn't really go to him unless you've got a fifth rusher from somewhere, you know, some guy lined up inside of, of Matthews um, and would give you that opportunity. Um, but because it ends up being just like a four man rush, I don't know where, you know, he, he's still going through his progressions. He's not expecting, you know, the twist game by the end and, and by the tackle and chub to work and be in his face by the time he hits the last step of the drop. The, the craziest part about all of this is they're leaving the tight end in to block. So obviously for Von Miller on the other side. So that probably tells you, and if you look at the center, they're probably sliding the protection his way too, because uh, the center doesn't even look to the left. Yeah. You would think that you just have one-on-one on the left side and yeah, Staley doesn't like Staley just doesn't block him. So miscommunication all around and that results in an interception. I, um, I bet there were plenty of um, butt chewings on this play yeah, for sure. And, and like I said, just don't – like I understand your pressure to trying to make a play. And, you know, and I've done this before with my quarterbacks where I, you know, you know, we tell them in practice, oh, you know, uh, 
we want them to be playmakers. We want them to be playmakers. And then they go out and do something like this. And we're like, oh, why don't you just throw it out of bounds? So, like, I understand that he's trying to make a play. But that ball should be either an insane sideline catch. Is that, that Goodwin? An insane uh, sideline catch by Goodwin because he puts the ball on the outside shoulder. Or it goes out of bounds and you punt and that's it. Yeah, I was going to say that that ball has to be um, like five yards outside the numbers. It's like borderline on the sideline, or you just have to eat it. Yeah, or just eat live. it. Like exactly, just go live and live to play another down. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, uh, next next route is again another another different formation, another interesting formation. So, 49ers are in 12 personnel, so they have uh, two tight ends at Caden Smith as well as Ross Dwelly. Um, lined up to the left, they have Goodwin and Pettis lined up to the right, and I believe um, it is who is it? Yeah, so they're in an empty set and they have a running back out way way left. So this one, this this pass was again tipped at the line of scrimmage. It is a switch concept, so it's just a, a levels route. Dante Pettis runs a five yard and in. Goodwin is in the slot. He runs a about a twelve and in. Uh, Goodwin has all kind of space. He actually doesn't get touched off the line of scrimmage by Von Miller, so um, it should be an, uh, pretty much an easy pitch and catch. And again, this is more eyes by Jimmy. Um, I, another, I guess the good part about it is doesn't need much space to get the throw off, but ball tipped, pass incomplete. What did you see here? Well, I see. I think he does a, a pretty good job of getting to that route in the – um, whatever you want to call it, the, the 12-yard in route or whatever. Yeah. And he's looking he's looking to his left first, and he's going through that concept to his left, and he doesn't like what he's seeing. And because the Broncos are in a too high structure, you can get a good kind of high-low on the uh, weak side linebacker. Which what ends up happening? They're trying to do it with Pettis coming underneath the linebacker and Goodwin going over the linebacker. It kind of doesn't yeah. end up happening like that because the corner ends up taking uh, Pettis. But at the same time, the route is open because the linebacker just doesn't drop enough, so he can fit it in between the linebacker and the safety. And and I think it's good quarterbacking, like just to to not force anything on a, on the strong side. A lot of the NFL route concepts have. In uh, a, you know an intermediate in-breaking route that comes from the backside, and he knows that he can get there, and he does it, and he moves his feet, and he does it, and then he, he the ball gets tipped. Like I, I like I don't I wish I could tell you more than than the ball gets tipped, but sometimes that happens. Unfortunately, apparently it happens too much for Garoppolo. Yeah, and this this seems like one of those times where it is accidental. Like this is not on the quarterback. And I know I just said like how it's how it's his eyes, but the the first one he is literally staring down um, Dante Pettis on this one. He catches a snap, and I think this is one of those this is one of those situations where he knows he's going to go to Goodwin the the whole time, but he's holding the defense, and he probably he probably learned this in between series where he's holding the defense, uh, looks left, glances left for like a second, like plenty long enough what he did comes back to the right and, it, and the lineman he, he just made a good play is all I think that this is yeah he made a good play he got he you know he got a nice bull rush on the center 
which forced him into Garoppolo's lap, and then and then he, he does really make a good play. And it's good like it's good quarterbacking, and it's good D line play to get his hands up. And it, I think that pass gets completed, uh, and it, and if it gets completed, we're 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 really talking about a different uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the next morning, because that's a good that's a good throw. It's a good decision, I should say. I don't know if it would be a good throw, but it's a good decision. No, I agree. It's a good decision. Um, he seeing his head move there, you can tell that the process was right. Everything was right about that about that play, just except for the result and. Uh, he, he makes that throw. They're in Broncos territory. They probably get something rolling. Shanahan calls a shot play. You, you never know what happens. But, um, yeah, so let's let's go on to the next one here. Uh, third and six, so money down. The 49ers are in 11 personnel. They have Marquise Goodwin to the bottom of the screen. Um, Jordan Matthews in the slot. Dante Pettis in the um, – he's actually come came in motion. This is one where – the defensive back dropped the interception where uh, Jimmy just – I don't know if he thought that because the corner was playing off, he had zone coverage. But the motion and then with – you can kind of see – whenever you see somebody chasing like they were, it's pretty clear that it's man coverage. And again, Jordan Matthews, uh, I don't know if I would ever throw him the ball on third down, but – he runs a little pivot route, corner jumps it, uh, Garoppolo. If you see on the in that spider replay that you that you told me about, Staley actually steps on Garoppolo's foot, and he, I don't know if that's the reason he can't get enough you know zip on the ball, but the decision that he just didn't see the cor- the corner who was coming, who was seeing this a mile away, uh, yeah, he he just can't make that that throw. What do you, what did you see here? Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. I, I I can see it because while it's man coverage and we say like, okay, well, if it's man coverage and we have a, a sort of you know smash call where there's going to be a corner route over top and uh, something little little something underneath, which there is, you know, if it's man coverage, we want to throw the corner and he could throw the corner. Um, but he's so late in this one because the corner is giving – the corner back – is giving him a lot of room at the beginning, right? Because they, they go into stack, and the guy, you know, Jordan Matthews is running the pivot route. Uh, his cornerback is off at, like, it looks like eight yards or something like that. So right at the end of his drop, and that's kind of when, when you want to look at quarterbacks, um, a good thing to do is always pause the film right when they finish the, the drop. And usually from the gun, it's like a three-step drop. So pause it right at that moment, you know, he's about to 45. And you can see there's enough room. There's about uh, six yards between the corner and Matthews. So no problem. You want to throw that one, catch it in stride. You know, he, he dives for a first down, no problem. But the ball's got to be gone now. Right. And that's where I think maybe the issue is. The ball's got, you know, Matthew slips a bit, but the ball's got to be deep gone a little bit earlier. It's also a really good play by the corner. He doesn't, he yeah, doesn't, he, bite, he, he doesn't bite on the, the outside breaking part of the route, you know? Yeah, that, the, that's the problem. The problem with this is Matthews slips. He takes three seconds to get out of his break. And if he doesn't, if he's, he's able to stay on his feet, 
the the DB probably at least meets Matthews at the ball instead of beating him to the ball. But still, I, I do think that yeah, so it's just a, a tick slow yeah. here um, on the decision making, and from that replay is, is when you can kind of get an idea where he kind of gets stepped on. And I, and I, I would imagine that Jimmy would not make that excuse. Um, like he wouldn't blame Staley for stepping on his foot. I, I would love to hear, you know, what he thought about this or like what he saw, because like you mentioned, when you, when you, before, like I can see you the screenshot right now. So I have the, the ball or sorry, the play is paused. Uh, Matthews is, Going, getting ready to return to the inside. He's already slipping. The corner is familiar that he he just knows he's not going to run past the stick. So he's already driving on the throw. And I don't think that Jimmy sees that. But it's also tough to anticipate that your receiver is going to, you know, struggle to get out of his break as long yeah, as Yeah, I think that that's, you know, whether he slipped or it's just a really shitty route, like, it's bad. Yeah. And it, and it really, really doesn't help the quarterback. Because I think he's going to the right receiver here because there's enough cushion. Um, and you could make the case that because the cornerback is – like his hips are, are kind of facing the uh, 49ers end zone. So he couldn't make a play on any corner route, like the, run, the route that I think Pettis runs. So you yeah. could say, okay, well – even though he's off, his hips are aligned, you know, kind of facing downward, and you could throw over top of him to Pettis. I think on third down, you're not going to – maybe on first and ten, you want your quarterback to take a shot of the deeper route, but on third and six, when he feels like that corner is off enough and he can just get it quickly to the receiver and, like I said, have him just kind of turn the corner quickly and die for a first down. I don't. I don't really blame him for trying to for throwing that route. It's just like it takes forever for Matthews to get into the break. Just wish. Uh, just wish the 49ers had another receiver, maybe that they took in the second round that yeah. could be out there instead of 35 year old Jordan Matthews. All right, next play. Uh, new drive. 5:42 left in the first quarter. They. The offense comes out in an empty formation. It's 12 personnel. So the the Broncos defense, they're in their nickel defense, but they still have good matchups all over the place. So good ones in the slot. He's going against Chris Harris. Uh, Pettis is in the slot as well. So I actually love this. So empty formation, like I mentioned, you have Pettis and Goodwin in the slot. You have Dwelly is the inline tight end. To the bottom of the screen is rookie tight end Caden Smith. And to the top of the screen is Matt Breida. And I actually told this to you a couple days ago where you go empty, you put your best receivers inside, and you flourish. And here is Kyle Shanahan doing just that. But they're not going inside. They get an isolation route to the outside with Caden Smith. And he's just running like a seven-yard curl. Um, uh, Fangio has a nice call here where uh, Chris Harris comes free off the edge. Before we get into the play, if you're empty – and you have an unblocked rusher. Who is on? Who is responsible for that unblocked rusher? Well, in this case, it's. I mean, it's the quarterback. I think. Yeah. Yes, I would actually go as far to say I don't think it has to be the quarterback. Who else would it be besides the quarterback? Yeah. No. In this case, and so you know what the what the Broncos can present, and is that still of um, Miller on the field? Uh, to the top yeah. of the screen. Okay, yeah, it is. So what they can present is Von Miller. 
and you kind of have to honor Von Miller. So, so like you can see that they're gonna slide all the way to to Von Miller now, and that frees up, you know, the backside blitz from Chris Harris, who's free because I slid the whole way. Um, and I think I think Jimmy makes the right decision here. There's a guy in his face, you know, he can't go to any deeper route, so he has that, you know, like you said, that seven yard hitch route, and you know he gets the ball off before the rush gets there, and you know, is it a drop? Is it too far outside? I don't know. So, but, th- but this, w- this is funny because this is exactly what we said a couple of plays ago where you just got to say, okay, we're going to put that ball in the outside shoulder. And yeah, okay, I can miss outside, which he kind of does here. And we live to see, you know, second down. Whereas if he had put done the same thing that he did earlier and put the ball on the inside, it's another pick. Or another, you know, right. pass broken up at least. So, in a sense, he's he's evolving as the game is going on. He's not making the same mistake twice because, you know, when you throw a curl route, like, and this would go on any level, you miss. You want to miss outside, yeah. obviously, yeah, exactly. because the first we saw what happened when you miss inside the first time, and Caden Smith is open. He has separation. And I think that, yeah, this is where we, we were talking about a little bit before we came on, where you see Garoppolo flinch just enough, and this is probably more rust than anything, where maybe a month from now he hangs in there for just a split second longer, and instead of missing high and outside, he misses medium outside, and that allows Smith to make the reception. What do you think? Yeah, I hope so. But it, it, it is something, and we talked about this before we went in the air, it is something that you that kind of felt like he's carried around with him. Is kind of looking a little nervous when there's pressure in his face. Which, okay, obviously you're a human being. You're going to get nervous when a, a guy in a different colored jersey is running at you free. But right. he, he kind of like, you know, turtles up a little bit. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he, he has that super combat, compact throwing motion. But it, it, it does feel like it even when I even – when I watched knowing that uh, it does feel like he's turtling up a little bit. And then if, if that happens, if you tense up, you throw bad footballs. I mean, yeah. And I, I've seen the same, I saw the same during practice and you can tell that it, it looked like a guy that was rusty, but it looked like more than anything. It was a player that just hasn't been hit in a long time. And he wasn't ready to be like, he wasn't interested in being hit at all. And that's going to happen when you go so long without being hit. So I, I do understand, you know, why some of these throws look like that. I guess the positive part is, like we mentioned, you know, the re- the process is right. The where the ball needs to be, as far as location, as far as who the receiver is, is correct. And I, I would imagine again that this is that's who the hot player is. So I don't have a problem with him going throwing the ball there. Um, because Goodwin actually has a Goodwin actually has like a, a deeper slant, yeah. even uh, even well, with his guy. He's got to get rid of that ball. ball. True, and yeah. I think that's the right route because if you throw it on time, even if it's like man coverage and it's just a little hitch route, if you throw it on time, the DB's not going to get there, which is what happens. He just you know throws it a little bit to the outside. And now, what if Caden Smith makes the catch because it hits him in the hands? Right. And again, we go back to the thing: if Caden Smith 
catches it. If the if the two batted balls don't happen, then man, the, the your guys are going crazy for Garoppolo right now. But yeah, but it's and- a lot of ifs. I understand it's a lot of ifs. You can do that with every play in football, yeah, too. That's exactly. why crazy sport. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just good to good to talk about. Okay, a last one. I think that was it. Yeah, that was the last the last actual throw because the next play is a Brita screen pass, uh, no gain. So let's talk about. Um, so, how concerned would you be that? So, uh, knowing that this is a quarterback coming off an ACL injury. But he's 28, so is this is who he is, or how to like? How would you describe Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers fans as far as ceiling or what to expect? Yeah, I think what scares me is what you said about him being 28, because if this is who he is, then I don't know if he'll ever be the elite quarterback that uh, everybody wants him to be, because. He, he just doesn't feel that accurate. And, I, you know, he, he puts the ball in harm's way a lot. And sometimes you're watching it. And I don't know if you, how you feel about this, but sometimes I watch it and I'm like, wait, did the receiver not run the right route on this play? Like, was there a miscommunication and that's why you threw it directly to the DB? But it, it happens so much that I'm like, okay, maybe this is on the quarterback. Um, you know, like like the Minnesota one, uh, like the one two years ago against the Texans. Like, there's just a bunch of stuff where you're like, why? Like, why did he make that yeah. decision? Uh, that I just it's it, hard to explain uh, from a quarterback perspective. So, being that he's 28, is this kind of the guy that that we have, and that's it? Obviously, Shanahan's offense will give him a lot of open throws. And that so like the team will I think I don't think the team has um, that low of a floor because of how good the play caller is. Um, but it, if 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 the accuracy just comes up a little bit and he stops throwing behind receivers, then then you have a, a definitely a top fifteen quarterback, probably even a top ten quarterback because he has everything else. Uh, yeah, and you talked about before we got on here how you know he's. He's probably, would you say, he's top three most aesthetically pleasing quarterbacks in the NFL? For me, he's number one. He, Interesting. He is I – don't, I, don't I don't love his footwork in the pocket, um, and I think he takes some sacks and gets pressured because of his footwork in the sense that he doesn't move around uh, enough. So obviously, you know, we talk about we don't want a quarterback. I think Booger said this last night. Like, we don't want a quarterback to have happy feet. We don't want him moving around in these big, grand gestures. But at the same time, he's got to move, and he's especially got to move up in the pocket. It changes the angle for the edge rushers. So I've seen him take a few sacks where he just kind of he's standing there back at you know seven, eight yards depth. He's not moving. The edge rusher comes off the edge, and and he's right in the in the path. So I think he could do a lot better um, with moving the pocket and hitching up in the pocket. And you know, you watch a guy like Breeze is probably the the, the textbook um, example of that. Uh, he's always moving forward in the pocket. You know, assuming he, he he gets that 
uh, interior pocket, but he's always moving forward. And even when, when the Niners give that pocket to Garoppolo, he's still kind of standing there. And I'm not a, not a big fan of doing that because you're just hurting yourself. Um, but besides that, you know, the feet are kind of still good. His dropbacks are nice. And like I said, the body mechanics are absolutely wild. Like, this is exactly, exactly how you're supposed to throw the ball. And then it bothers me that there's so many inaccuracies when he does throw it. And maybe that's just like a hand-eye coordination type thing. Maybe he just, you know, it's, it's all in his head. Uh, he's not, you know, in terms of like, you can be accurate, but if you're aiming to the wrong spot, you're going to be accurate at the wrong spot. And you see a lot of interceptions where, man, throwing, throwing it behind receivers or a lot of like near interceptions where you're just throwing it behind receivers. Yeah. Where he's making the right read and he's getting it to the open receiver, he just misses it completely. So if he can fix that, and maybe it's an aiming thing, but if he can fix that, you know the mechanics are top notch. So it should come, uh, it should come to him, and there should be a lot more completions, and a lot more yards, and then a lot more wins. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, pretty fascinated by if we were to pick this up again, week four after the bye, three games in, just to see what he's looked like in live action a month from now and just kind of see what progress he's made. Because I do think that pocket movement is an issue, and that does get him in trouble. I also think that, yes, placement, like you mentioned, is his placement is just off. And that has a lot to do with him being a little jittery in the pocket. But he does he does plenty of things. Well, I hope, and I know that Shanahan will do this once the season starts, just get him on the move more. But when we're talking about, like, the play calling, everything is there. The ceiling for this offense is just solely rests on his shoulders because when you watch these plays, there are receivers running open. And I, and I know that we talked about this before as well. Like last year, the 49ers receivers, they struggled to separate. And I know that a lot of people are, they were higher on, you know, Trent Taylor, uh, Kendrick Bourne and whatnot. Taylor looks healthy. And when he does return, he will probably have a big impact that was absolutely 100%, no questions asked, Jimmy's security blanket in training camp. Like He looked like a different player when Taylor was on the field. Like he knows he can rely on him. He knows where he is at all times. I think uh, having that confidence in somebody, which he doesn't have in, his other, in the other receivers just yet, that timing, that chemistry, that does matter. And obviously, the, they were missing Mike Person. They were missing um, you know, Weston Whisper. They're missing – their interior linemen on a couple of these, and that matters as well. But that doesn't, you know, absolve him of making some poor decisions and some ball placement. So it's just kind of a wait and see. But it's fun to talk about knowing that, you know, six throws. Man, this, we spent nearly forty-five minutes talking about a guy on five throws is what it was. So yeah, he's a fascinating player, man. Um, it'll, yeah, we'll just we'll wait and see. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and you know, like you said that the Shanahan offense will get him players open. Like I think Shanahan gets players. I'm, I'm sure there's a stat you can find somewhere, but I, I would imagine Shanahan's offense gets players open with like, you know, like five yards of space more than any other guy in the league. Cause not even like you watch like McDaniels or you watch Sean Payton, obviously they're great offensive coordinators, but they don't get people open like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that, that'll do it, guys. I think we're good here. Uh, Seth, thanks for joining us. Can you uh, drop your Twitter handle one yeah, more time? at 
S-E-T-H-G-A-L-I-N-A. For all the quarterback information that you are looking for, I am Kyle, KP underscore show. I will not be talking about quarterbacks. I will be talking about pretty much everything else. Guys, thanks for joining us. We are out of here. Take care, guys.